Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Daniel Hagen. Let's get those Bibles ready and open. I'm going to speak for a little bit this morning and then we're going to open it back up again. I think we might do a fire tunnel. There's going to be an impartation this morning. The fire of the gospel is going to be released like never before. God's raising up an army. Let's give Isaac and Shirley a round of applause. Thank you for coming up. I love it. Thank you, band. Didn't the band do a great job this morning? Glory to God. I think we're going to get them back up again. That was brilliant. Jesus. These are the scriptures that we're more than likely going to be looking at this morning. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. If you've got your notepads and pens and iPads and phones, whatever you want to do, take note of these scriptures. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Mark 16, chapter 16, verse 15 and 18. We're going to be looking at, uh, potentially going to be looking at uh, the book of Luke, verse chapter 24, verse 45 to 49, and the book of John, chapter 20, verse 21 to 23. You written all that down yet? <laughs> Glory to God. And then Acts 1.8. And then we're going to see the effects of Acts 1.8 this morning. I believe that the Acts 1.8 scripture is something that we can continue to lean in on. It's not just a one-off experience. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, just flip your Bible open and have a quick look at the power of God that God wants to release. And as we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, I believe we can have continue to have fresh baptisms in His Spirit. There's uh, much biblical evidence of that. I'll give you a quick one. Acts chapter 2, they're all in the upper room. Get baptized in the Holy Spirit. They receive, they experience. There's an impartation of this Acts 1-8 miracle working power. And then we see two chapters later, the same people that were in the upper room in Acts chapter 2 are now in Acts chapter 4. And now they're praying, God, fill us again. Why do they want to be filled again? Because they need the Acts 1-8 to fulfill the Great Commission, especially in the midst of trials and tribulations and tests. How many people know that all of us are going to go through trials and tribulations and tests? You need the Acts 1-8 for trials, tribulations and tests. It might not be the same type of test that they experience, but, you know, because we're in a peaceful nation. And by the way, we should take advantage of the fact that we're in a peaceful nation. Uh, who knows how much longer it's going to be a peaceful nation. We pray that it continues to be this sheltered nation. But I tell you, more than ever, the Great Commission, the final words of Jesus are ringing out in my ears, especially when I watch what's happening in world news at the moment with North Korea and the, the rumors of the wars and rumors of wars that are taking on. Jesus spoke about wars and rumors of wars that are taking place and potentially the nuclear capability of North Korea and what's happening in Iran and these places. I don't know if you guys realize what's going on, but we are potentially closer to nuclear war than we ever have been. And so we need the Acts 1-8 power. We need courage. We need boldness. Some of us might even be called to go into some of these nations and preach the gospel. Amen? But we, no matter what, all of us are going to go through different seasons, different trials, and we need the Acts 1-8. We need the power of God to be witnesses to the nations. And if you're with me tonight, or this morning, I should say, it feels like night because the lights are out. But if you're with me this morning, let's give Jesus a big shout out. Come on. <laughs> Glory to God. Jesus is King. I'm really excited. Uh, in a couple of weeks' time, it's going to be Fire Church's fourth birthday. 
Isn't that awesome? Let's give Jesus a cheer for his church's fourth birthday. And I want to share some of the history of the four years. And then I want to speak into the vision of what we believe is to come. And uh, the last couple of months, we've just seen great increase in our local church here, our Seaford Frankston campus and the other campuses also. Um, we are, we've got about two years left on the lease here and already our team is starting to forethink about how we're going to fit more people in. Um, at the moment, at present, uh, in the practical sense of parking, toilets, all of those things, we're pretty much, we've, we've reached the capacity of what we can do in this venue. So um, we're having to think about the possibility of multiple services. And at this stage, it's brainstorming, it's thinking about it. How, what's that going to look like? How are we going to do that? I know Bethel Church in California, they, have, they don't have a massive venue, but they do have three morning services. And so we're thinking about potentially that. I had a pastor reach out to me uh, over the last couple of months. His name's Mark Whitby. He said, I don't mind if you share this with your church. Who knows Mark Whitby? He's been a father in Frankston for around 20 years, and uh, he's done some great work with the lost. And he uh, shared with me a prophetic word that he got 17 years ago. And 17 years ago, a prophet came to him and said, there's going to be a young man that comes into Frankston that's different than the other churches. And uh, I won't go into all the details, but he said potentially he m might not be received as such in the area. He's going to be different, but there's going to be great increase in this church and uh, and you're to, to support him and to help him and even went into details of there's going to be a thousand people that go through that church in one year and he came to me crying with tears in his eyes and he said I I've been waiting for that man for 17 years and he said I believe you're that man in Frankston and that your church is going to see massive increase and he said you need to get ready for it you need to get ready so we, we like the prophetic. We believe in the prophetic. Um, even without that prophetic word, um, we've been thinking about, like, we want revival. We believe this nation. Uh, we believe that churches all over this nation need to get ready uh, because, you know, at, at the moment in Melbourne, I found this out when we had Heidi Baker, when 4,000 people registered in about four hours. I found out that the largest auditorium, the church auditorium in Victoria, or sorry, in the Melbourne region, is only 2,000 people. And they may have uh, multiple services, but they can only contain 2,000. So anything more than 2,000, we actually have to begin to pay big dollars to larger arenas like the Margaret Court Arena, etc. But wouldn't it be good if we didn't necessarily have to have multiple services, shorter services, but we could believe for a, a very, very large venue in Melbourne to be able to host massive meetings and lead up events for Awakening Australia, etc. Uh, I believe potentially that God's getting us to think along those lines. And so in a couple of weeks' time when we share the history of what's happened so far in Fire Church, I also want to begin to speak into the possibilities of the future. And so I want you to begin to dream with us and believe big with us. We want to not lease a venue like this that limits us, but we want to believe that we can purchase a very, very large venue to host smaller meetings, but also to have the potential to have large meetings where we don't need to pay, you know, nearly $100,000 sometimes for large venues just for a weekend. Okay, so who's, who's up? Who's in, who's in that? Uh, it makes sense, right? 
And uh, if God's with us, then who cares who's against us? And if God says yes, and it doesn't make sense in the natural, um, we're just going to keep pressing forward and believe in God. So in two weeks' time, we're going to share that. We're going to potentially even show some of the footage, some of the, the funny old stories of some of the early meetings, some of the bloopers. There was one particular meeting where we hired a little school, and uh, the, it was during the school holidays. Normally, the cleaner comes when the school's on, uh, to open up the padlock, he's got a, only there's only one key for a certain padlock, and so the uh, the school janitor would do that. But during the holidays, he wasn't working, and they didn't give us the heads up, and maybe we didn't think about it too. And anyway, there's a there's a photo that I saw recently of Pastor Dave, who's now our pastor out in the UK campus. He's trying to open, he's climbing up on his car, trying to open up the window to the school to get in, because the principal wasn't answering. No one's answering their phone, and we've got like. 50-odd people expecting to have this meeting. And, you know, one of the first times I met Mark Whitby, um, I've actually, I met him about two weeks previous to this incident. And I rang, rang him, and he's at dinner with his wife. And he said, look, man, just, just if you can, communicate to everyone. You can do it in our building. And so they broke up their dinner, and his wife come out, Sue, open up the door to their church, and we try to get the word out as best we can. And we all went and fellowshiped in, in their church. We were able to have that meeting. And from that point, I knew there was something special about Frankston in terms of unity with the churches, and we're so grateful. So we really believe that um, the whole nation is marked for revival, but there's something special about Frankston. I'm actually going to invite Mark um, pretty soon to speak into the revival history of, of Frankston and the potential of what is going to take place. He's, got, he's, he's an amazing man in terms of his knowledge of revival history in Melbourne and Australia and so it's important to know our history because uh, we're going to believe for even greater if it can be done back then it can be done now and even greater and we want to be a people of faith amen all right Jesus why don't you say to the person next to you let's get ready to receive sometimes I've been in meetings where people aren't that hungry and uh and it's difficult to minister in a meeting where people aren't hungry. You still can and you still do. But, but something special happens when people are hungry. You can actually feel them drawing from you. And it just flows a lot better when the people are hungry. And that's why I love coming back home. And uh, not that Queensland wasn't amazing. Uh, we were in some great churches there but over the last couple of weeks. But uh, I love coming home because you guys are so hungry. So why don't you just thank the, give them a little nudge, thank the person next to you and say, thanks for being hungry. You're going to help make it a good meeting this morning in Jesus' name. I want to talk about the Great Commission. Earlier this week, the Lord said to me, and I was just meditating, Lord, what, what do you want me to share this week? And he said to me, he said, if this was your last day on the earth, I'm like, I hope it's not. And he goes, no, don't worry, it's not. <laughs> but if it was, and I want to challenge you to think about this too, this statement, this question. If this was your last day on earth, and you had 12 hours to live, 24 hours to live, what would you want to say to your loved ones? What would you want to say to everyone? What would you want to shout from the rooftops? What would be your final words? What would you leave as a mark? Be good to your mom. Could be a part of that. It's important. 
But is there something even greater than that? And I thought about it. I was a little bit shocked because I'm thinking, I hope, what are you saying, Lord? But then I, I'm like, no, I've got, oh, there's still a big, a, a lot more work to do. I'm not going home yet, praise God. But then I started to meditate on it. And then I, I thought, well, what were the last words that you said, Jesus? You know, when he died, he rose again on the third day. And there were certain things that he said after he rose from the dead, before he ascended on high and before the Holy Spirit was released, the great helper and friend. But there were certain words that he said. There was, there was something that was burning that was so important on his heart, more important than anything else, that's been marked and noted uh, in four accounts out of the Gospels. There's different details to it. But there were certain things that he said. And today we've coined it or we've turned it the Great Commission. The reason it's great is because it's his final words. It's, I believe, probably the most important thing. And, you know, we're talking about media as our um, mission this year and our vision and, and focal points and music. And we're talking about family and we're talking about strong marriages, business, finance. We need all that. But there's something that's even higher than that. Jesus didn't talk about great businesses before he left. careful in saying this because I don't want to over push my point here because it really is a focal it is important that the great commission can be released through business but what I'm saying is there's something that's more important than anything and I want to talk about that today the great commission so will you come with me this morning to Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 to 20 I want to start here and then talk about the great commission a little more Matthew 28 Verse 18 and 20. These were the final parting words. He knew that he was about to ascend on high to the Father. He knew that he couldn't be with the 12 anymore, um, but he knew that there was a great comforter. There was a great helper that was on his way to be with us always, even until the end. But I want to take us to those final parting words. Thank you, Johnson. That was beautiful. Guitar playing, bass, guitar. Some of these... Some of this crew are so talented, man. They're multi, multi-instruments and just amazing. Uh, I found out some news today. Uh, sorry, yesterday. It's not quite sealed yet, so I can't tell you what. All right. <laughs> but it's good. It's to do with the Empowered Conference and to do with God's generals coming to visit us and stuff like that. All right. Anyway, I can't tell you because then you'll be disappointed if it doesn't happen. So it hasn't been sealed yet, but I'll just kind of stoke up the excitement a little. Anyway, Matthew, there's nothing more exciting than this though. This is what Jesus said. You ready? Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me. These are his parting words for Jesus. This was the answer to the question that I just asked you. What would be your final parting words? This was the parting words of Jesus. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples. Everyone say make disciples. Disciples means student pupil. Means you got to teach people. That's a free one. Just keep that one out there. Okay. You can have that. Make disciples, teach people of all nations. Everyone say all nations. 
some of you never know, you might be called to North Korea. You might be called to Iran. That's why we create these spaces for worship so God can begin to speak to you. I want to encourage you in your own personal time, just open your heart up to God and say, God, what is my mission on this earth? What do you want me to do on this earth, God? I don't care how crazy it looks in the natural. Nothing's more satisfying. And you know what? Nothing. There's no safer place than the center of His will. The perfect will of God is way better than the permissible or even out of His will. So let's get in the perfect will of God. And even if there's a storm in the center, it's always peaceful. Thank you for helping me with that. Glory to God. All right, we got the peace of God. Amen. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. One of the reasons that we're Trinitarians. Another free one there for you. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all things. Everyone say all things. All things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So sometimes we think of the Great Commission. By the way, if you didn't know what the Great Commission was or is, you do now in part. That's a part of the Great Commission. I say it's a part because really there are five scriptures, there are five passages that help fully define what the Great Commission is, the final parting words of Jesus. And it's important if you really want to know the depths and the definition of the Great Commission, then you really do need to systematically unpack every scripture. Amen? Not just pick the little bits and pieces. We need all of it. Uh, And John Boy, this one's an important one for our evangelists. And it's an important one. This is not just for the evangelists. This is for anyone that believes. We're all a part of the Great Commission. Amen? So go into all the world and teach them to observe all things. So Jesus taught many things, right? And right in this particular account and occasion, he's talking to the 11. Everyone say the 11. Why is he talking to the 11? Because Judas betrayed Jesus. And at this point in time, Matthias had not yet replaced him. We, we find that happens later on in the book of Acts. So that's why he's talking to the 11. Now, many people have stumbled around the fact and have even stopped because of a misinterpretation of this scripture and the fact that he's talking to the 11. Many people have believed over the years, and even some of the famous reformers in the 1800s, 1900s, etc., they believed that the Great Commission was simply for the 11 only, and it wasn't for everyday Christian. In more modern times, sometimes we've picked up on the fact, okay, well, this must be just for the evangelist. Uh, that they need to go out into all the world, but the pastors, they just hang out in the house of God and everyone else just does their thing. But the evangelists, we cheer them on from a distance. Or the really super spiritual people may go out uh, with their families like Ash and Roz, for example, in Mozambique in the northern north parts. Let's give Ash and Roz a big cheer. I know they can't hear us, but we're going to be hearing from them on the big screen soon. They, uh, they send their love and they wanted to thank us. They recently purchased a big tent so they can do big crusades and uh, partly it's because of your faithfulness in giving. As a church, we also give uh, lots of money towards missions, and in particular, Ash and Rose and Iris uh, Ministries. And so uh, when we have our birthday, we're going to have a shout-out from Ash and Rose. And they literally are doing the Great Commission 
in the outermost parts of the earth, in places that are unreached. I'm going to come back to that scripture in a minute. I want to tell you another reason that I'm sharing this this morning, and I felt to go back to the Grace series next week. And we're going to have Greg Bridger preaching soon too, by the way. And Chels preaching soon too, by the way. Chels has just been invited to speak at a conference called Women on the Frontline. It's a ministry by James Goll and Patricia King and people like that. And they've asked, they really felt led, the ministry, to ask Chels to come and speak two sessions in, in Newcastle. So I say, women, it's time, man. This Great Commission is not just for men. It's for men and women, anyone that will say yes to Jesus. Amen? We're going to see mighty women of God raised up in these last days. So anyway, um, another reason that I felt that this was burning on my heart, I'm passionate about it, is because I, I looked at some stats recently in terms of unreached areas. And they say that out of 7 billion people in the world, potentially there's still 3 billion people that are living in unreached areas. When we say unreached, people that there's no churches, there's no one actively preaching the gospel, some examples they gave that have great clusters of population are in northern Pakistan, northern India, where the Taliban, for example, has, it, they have a real stronghold in northern Pakistan. And those people aren't hearing the gospel. There are many nations, there are many places that haven't heard the gospel. And so I really feel God has, has charged me to say, come on, we need people who are going to say yes to him. We need people that are going to say yes to being trained if you're called to the mission field. I, I heard Keith Green say once, he, just before he actually passed away, this, this um, message began to burn on his heart too. And he said, put your hand up if you believe God has said not to go. I might ask the same thing. Let's see. Put your hand up if you can honestly say God has said to stay in your house and not to go. Put your hand up. Let's see. Cool. When Keith did it, there was like four people that put their hand up. But here there's no one. Okay, put your hand up if you believe that he's... So if he hasn't told you to stay, what does that mean? There's only about 30% of people saying go. You're like, hang on a minute, you've tricked me. <laughs> if he hasn't said stay, then what has he said? You don't need to wait for a super special unction, right? The, the greatest unction of all, the Holy Spirit has already spoken through him back in the book of Matthew that we just read, go into all the world. And he spoke to the 11, but then the 11 are taught to teach all nations to observe all things that I taught you. All things including making disciples of all nations. So in other words, he taught the 11 to make disciples, that make disciples, that make disciples, that make disciples. We're about a thousand years into it now that make disciples, that make disciples. We're getting closer to us now that make disciples. And here we are now. Nothing's changed. There's lots of different fads that come in and out of the Christian scene or Christendom, but nothing's changed. The gospel's still powerful. The gospel's still the power of God unto salvation. Jesus is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. The miracle-working power has not died down. In fact, if 
anything, I believe that it's increasing, especially in these last days that God's looking to do even more than He ever has before if you'll only believe. Because the hour's getting darker and He's calling His Christians to burn even brighter and He's calling His, His Christians to be disciples, in other words, wholehearted followers of Jesus that will just burn for Him and lay their life down for Him and say yes to Him in any situation. And if you're with me this morning, give me a shout out. Praise God. All right, I tricked everyone here into saying yes and believing that they're called to go. Amen. Go into all the world. You do know that Jesus, that same word for go, was what, if you look at the translation, it's the same word that he used when he was delivering people of demons. This is kind of a joke, but not. When he saw demons that were possessing people, he, he, with one word, he said, go. And the demons obeyed. Now he says to Christians, go into all the world. And they sometimes stay. Obey or stay. That's up to you. Amen. But I want to be more obedient than demons. Amen. In Jesus' name. Sort of a joke, but if you think about it, it's sort of not. Amen. It's quite serious. To obey is better than sacrifice. Amen. Jesus. All right. So now I want to take you to Mark chapter 16, verse 15. But before I do the Great Commission, you won't find the term in Scripture. It was first, they, it's hard for people to kind of trace where it was first coined. Some believe it was, there was a famous Dutch missionary in 16, in the uh, mid-1600s, and uh, he was brought up in the Lutheran church, and the Lutheran church were famous for being on the cutting edge, coming out of Catholicism, and, you know, holding people to Scripture and asking people, the church, to be reformed and come back to the Word of God. It's salvation is not by works. It's by faith, by grace. And, and so that was a part of the Reformation. Yet, um, unfortunately, some of them kind of stayed around that revelation and didn't continue to open themselves up to new revelation. And in particular, uh, around the Great Commission. And they, the, the Lutherans through that time, the, the Reformation Church or the Reformers, they believed that the Great Commission really was for the 11. And this Dutch missionary was brought up with that understanding, but then he really started to get uh, convicted and convinced that it cannot just be uh, for the 11. It must be for everyone. There are still uh, billions, as we know now, billions of souls that need to hear the gospel. And so he began to, on his own, and he was actually outcast by his church. They thought, this guy's off the wall, off the charts, because he's coming up with this, these new ideas. But he began to scribe these ideas and write down those ideas. And he had a, a heart to start a missionary school, and he began to pen all these things down. But it, it wasn't really happening the way he hoped. And in fact, he decided, and he actually asked his friend to ordain him as a, an apostle. And he said, stuff it, I'm going to go out and just do this thing on my own. If no one else is coming, I'm going to go. And unfortunately, he went into South America. Well, not unfortunately that he went into South America, but unfortunately, he only lasted two years and he died of malaria.
But the good news was that everything that was on his heart, that he penned, that he journaled, that he began to put together was taken up around 100 years later by some people that were inspired by the fact that this young man, even though not, not much is known about his missions work, we don't even know if there's one soul that was converted or one church that was planted. He just went on his own out into this crazy place and ended up dying. But they were inspired by that and they began to read his writings and say, you know, this dude's right. Even though he was persecuted for it, even though we don't see much fruit, he was right. And so many other missionaries as a result were inspired by that. But, but many say that the, the term, the Great Commission, was first coined by this famous uh, Dutch missionary. So you can research that in your own time. But um, I, I want to now take us to Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Jesus is King. Jesus, let's give us, let's give Jesus another shout out this morning. Come on, He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. Mark sixteen verse fifteen. He said, "Everyone say He said." If that were your final words, what would you say? He said, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel to how many people?" Just the, the special people that deserve it. Just the preordained. Or preach the gospel to every creature. In other words, every people group. That's how you would translate that. Not the monkeys and cows and things, but you're more than welcome to practice. Many of, many, there's many famous stories of uh, revivalists practicing on the cows and the monkeys. Anyone that will hear the gospel. But you can translate this. Many people groups, all people groups, to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Everyone say will. But he who does not believe will be condemned. I'm not going to have time to go to Luke and John, but the accent on Luke and John, and often we avoid this, or not avoid it, but we just don't really relate the Luke and John Great Commission account, the detail on that, we don't really talk about that as much as we do Matthew and Mark. But in Luke and in John, there's certain details that are very important. It talks about the forgiveness of sin. We're to teach people about the forgiveness of sin, but also the retaining of sin. And here we see that to a degree in Mark as well, that we're to preach the gospel and people that believe will be saved. But he goes on to say people that don't believe will be condemned. So it's important that we tell people the truth and we celebrate when they receive it and they receive forgiveness of sins. But we see there's an emphasis on every account almost that if they don't receive, they need to know that their sins have been retained. They're not free unless they receive. And it's important that we tell people the truth because the truth sets us free. And it, people don't need, know they need a savior unless they know they're perishing, right? And so we need to teach the full counsel of God. Paul went and preached to certain cities, and if they didn't receive it, he said, the blood's off my hands. He said, the blood's on your, your hands now. The blood's on your head because you haven't received it. In other words, your sins have been retained. Yeah, so we need the full counsel. You see, Paul said, I did, not preach, I did not shun to preach the full counsel of God, all right? That's another, that's another freebie for you. Keep that one in the memory bank. Because um, that's important, amen? And we do it in love, and it's always seasoned in grace, and we always try to inspire people 
but we need people to know the truth. We, Jesus said, all, yes, the whole world will hate you, so don't be surprised if they hate you because they first hated me. Why? Not because he healed the sick, although the Pharisees hated him for that sometimes, but it's, it's often because of that other side of it, that we're a, we're a kind of stench in some ways to people that reject the gospel, and we're a reminder to them that their sins have been retained. And people don't like that. They attack it. That's why the mainstream media attack Christianity or anything to do with Christian principles. Did you know that? Do you know the mainstream media is not reporting the facts. They're trying to control the narrative. And I want to encourage you, think for yourself. There's a better media out there. It's the Jesus media that brings hope and good news and faith. But the mainstream left media is trying to control your mind and trying to control the narrative. Be careful of that. Stay in the Bible, man. Jesus is king. Amen? Jesus, you're awesome. Who's enjoying this this morning, okay? I started to get a little heavy there. You know I do that sometimes. Sometimes ministers avoid that because it's not popular. They want to keep it up and happy and... But as you can see, it's still possibly happy even in the midst of truth. The joy of the Lord. Bang, bang, bang. (laughs) Jesus. All right. Glory to God. So um, there's a guy named Hudson Taylor. He's a famous missionary. Hudson Taylor. Very, very famous missionary. And uh, he... Uh, man, I just want to encourage you to do, do your research on him. He was a famous missionary in China. And as a result, there are now thousands of missionaries that are inspired by his work. And I believe he did the early groundwork. And it's one of the reasons that the nation of China is actually the, one of the fastest growing Christian nations in the world, even though it's in the midst of communism, even though for many years, Christians would have to literally smuggle the Bible into uh, this nation. But Hudson Taylor was actually also inspired by the Dutch missionary that failed, although he thought failed. And, uh, and so he actually made that term, the Great Commission, famous. And that's why we say it today. So it is a Great Commission. It's the final words of Jesus. I want to say it's not the Great Suggestion. He's the captain of, of armies in... In Psalms 24, it said, He is the Lord mighty in battle. He's a lamb. He's a lion. There are many things that help us understand who Jesus is. He's beautiful. He's full of compassion. He's full of love. He's a husband to the bride. He's amazing. But He's also the Lord. He's he's termed and named the Lord strong and mighty in battle. The Lord of hosts is his name. In other words, he's the chief general. He's the captain of the army of the, of the living God of the saints. He's the army. He's in charge and he's leading the way. And in Revelation, it describes him as being very wild looking. There's blood on his sword. Amen. And we're called to burn hell down to the ground. Amen? And the best weapon is love, but we're called to burn hell to the ground. That's our call together. For this reason, the Son of Man was made manifest that He might destroy 
the works of the devil. And I'm going to finish with this scripture. And then we're going to do a fire tunnel. Jesus, you're awesome. And we're going to pray for the sick and any other issues. Signs and wonders follow. We just read that in Mark 16. Did we read Mark 16? If we didn't, if we did, it's a good one. You should read that. Signs and wonders. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But I want to take us to Acts 1a. Famous, important. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Everyone say power. Miracle working power. Although we see it's great when it's active in these celebration meetings, there's something that even trumps the celebration meeting, the importance, or even I would term it the prime purpose. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you so that you shall be witnesses. Now we all agree that the power is for everyone, so we also have to believe that the, those that are called to be witnesses is for everyone. Different spheres of influence. Some of us may literally be missionaries into different nations. Honestly, I, I'm talking about Hudson Taylor, I'm talking about this famous Dutch missionary. I believe this morning there's people in here. And although it's a scary thought and it doesn't make sense in the natural, Chelsea and I often pray about it. God, man, we're, we're here and we're going to keep striking the ground until you tell us to do otherwise. But if he told us, we would go, man, even if it was somewhere crazy like North Korea. I certainly need his help for that. And he need to shout and make it real clear. But we keep striking the ground for the wells of revival. And we keep going until he tells us otherwise, but we're always open to his voice. And I believe this morning that as we do the fire tunnel, that something's going to shift in some of you. Where you've been, you've, there's been even, I believe there's some people you've had dreams that have been dormant. You're going to come through and something's going to spark again. You're going to believe again. You're going to have faith again. Amen. Something special is going to happen as you go through the fire tunnel this morning. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's a really cool thing. If you're wondering, how do I get involved in the Great Commission? It starts at home. It starts in your local area. If you can't do it here, you're not going to be able to do it in China, yeah? So, and, and they... And, and in Acts 1.8, Jesus puts it in that order in your, in your hometown area and then in Judea, the, the different districts and the different regions, Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. But we start here. We start now. It's for everyone. John Boy, can you stand up? If you want to learn how to do it more, have a chat with this man and Judy and others. Hey, who liked that footage of, I don't know if you remember, where that dude was on his knee at the train station in Flinders Street. We got to pray for him. Uh, there was some footage of Greg. There was a bar at the, uh, was it Flinders Street? I think it was. There's a bar downstairs and Greg's got his head over the fence and he's preaching at people in the bar. 
Everyone needs to hear the gospel. That took place in the Supernatural School. I've got some good news for you that we are starting again the Supernatural School. We're looking at August, aren't we? Late August. So um, if you've been waiting to, to be a part of the Supernatural School, I want to encourage you to do it. And I honestly believe that there's going to be a, an, a component and an accent with missions. We're going to train up missionaries, not just local missionaries, but missionaries that are potentially going to go into some of the darkest of dark regions. So if you do have it on your heart, you're like, yes, I feel like it's a possibility, but I don't know how to get there. We potentially even want to map out a way for you to begin that that start because our job is not only to have a big church, we talk about big numbers, big buildings, but if we're not releasing people into the Great Commission, Jesus said that we need people that will say yes, but we also need people that will send. And we need churches that will send, not not gather. We need to gather, yes, but we also need to send. And ultimately, we need to send into those places that have 3 billion people that still haven't heard the gospel. What could be more important than that? What could be more important than the last words of Jesus? And what could be more important than these 3 billion people that are waiting around? You know, Jesus, it actually talks about the fact that Jesus can't come back unless we get the word out to these people. Amen? All right. Glory to God. So it's a message for everyone. But I feel like he's zooming into some individuals this morning and he wanted to kind of interrupt our series to reach out and to compel and to stir up. And ultimately, we do it because we're in love with Jesus. Amen. We obey because we love Him. Jesus said He was moved with compassion. And you have got compassion. You have got love burning in you. It's who you are. Amen. I want to invite everyone to stand to their feet. Jesus, You are King. You are Lord of all. Jesus. Jesus, the Great Commission, the Great Commission. All right, I want to invite you just to put your hands out. Let's get ready to receive something right now. Father, I thank you for the power of God. Lord, the Acts 1-8 power. Lord, some of us are sitting here thinking, this message, I know it's for me, but I don't know how I'm going to do that. It's not. doesn't seem like it's my personality not like that. I want to tell you when you get full of the power of God, it's not it's not you anymore anyway. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. So I pray that we'd have a great commission in our families, the great commission in our workplace, the great commission in our schools, the great commission in our local regions, the great commission in further, uh, further out districts in this nation, and the great commission into some of the most uh, broken nations in the world. I believe that some of the uh, the islands that are above us and some of the Asian nations are our responsibility as a nation. And I honestly believe that God's going to begin to raise up missionaries and not only go out for short-term things, but commit their lives to long-term missions in Jesus' name. Come on, Holy Spirit. Let us be a church that sends. Let us be a, a church that says yes and a church that sends. So put your hands out. I just want to pray. Everyone can receive this. Everyone can have more of this. I need more of it. You need more of it. We need more of the Acts 1-8, that we would speak the Word with boldness. Lord, that You would stretch forth Your hand, that the sick would be healed, that signs and wonders would follow, Lord God. What, what could be more important? What would be the last thing You would say on this earth? The last thing Jesus said was to go into all the world and preach the Gospel. 
Go into all the world and teach all nations. I want to encourage you. Are you teaching someone right now? Are you discipling someone right now? You can just start with a friend, someone that you know that you can connect with. Invite them to a small group. Take them out for coffee and begin to share your testimony. Begin to teach the Word of God and then tell them to go and do the same thing. Disciples that make that just like Heidi Baker said, stop for the one. That's where it can start. We just stop for the one. I believe everyone should be teaching someone. doesn't matter if you're a brand new Christian, if you've been in the faith for 20 years, someone should have a disciple. Someone should have someone that they're getting alongside and beginning to teach the Word of God, beginning to share the gospel and teaching them to observe all things that I taught you, like Jesus said. So let's actually, let's pray that right now. If, if you haven't got someone that you're, that you're just brought into the faith that you're teaching, I want to pray that, that God sets up a divine appointment. He puts someone in your heart that you're going to be able to disciple. All right? So let's pray that. If Listen, if, if you don't have someone and you're really like, Lord, I'd, I, I want to be a part of that. I don't just want to attend church. I want to be a part of the Great Commission. You might not need to go into China. You might just, it could be someone right now that you disciple. Just give us a little wave if that's you. I want to pray for you this morning. God bless you. Anyone else? Someone that, someone new that you haven't, maybe you might have people that have been around for ages, but someone new where you're actively reaching out and, and you're catching up for coffee and you're beginning to teach them the Word of God and inviting them along to small groups or church. Put your hand up. God bless you. 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 All right, that's awesome. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray for divine appointments right now in Jesus' name. Father, that you would set up an opportunity. You'd place someone in their heart. Maybe it's someone they don't. Maybe it's someone they know. Or even if someone they don't know, Lord God, that they would, they would jump out. There'd be a grace on a certain someone. They'd share the gospel. They'd follow them up. They'd start to bring them along, even catch up with them for dinner. Bring them along to a small group and begin the great commission in Jesus' name to teach all nations, to teach them to observe all things that I taught you, Lord God. We want to be obedient to you, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. All right, man. Jesus. We're going to officially close the service. And don't forget to sign up the children. But actually, I want to scrap the fire tunnel. Uh, I did want to do that, but I, I just feel like I want to scrap it. I want to call people forward if... If this message has challenged you, convicted you, and you want more of that, you want to be stirred up in your faith, and you want to be just set ablaze for His glory, or maybe you're someone that you believe you've been called to the mission field. Let's start there. If you believe, you don't know whether it's five years, ten years, whenever it is, if you believe you've been called to the mission field, quickly come forward. Come forward, like right at the front. I want to pray for you. Look at this. You've been... Like you're for real. You believe you've been called to the mission field, no doubt. You've been hearing about these billions of people that haven't heard the gospel. And you're like, I believe I've been called to a foreign. My goodness. Someone get some footage of this. This is amazing. You guys are brave. Oh my goodness. You guys are the ra radical. You guys are the new normal, actually. Because we're in the last of the last days. 
God, help us to be good stewards with these wonderful people, Lord. We need training and we need discipleship. And we thank you, Lord. We're going to be a church that not just gathers, but a church that sends. And Lord, we commit that to you in Jesus' name. I thank you for the people that have said yes. I'm going to read you something really quick. I just began to weep when I read this. Just something that I hadn't seen before jumped out at me. I hadn't seen it in in this setting. Romans 10.14 How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? Now check this out. So that's for you. That's saying, but we, we, we understand. How can they believe unless we go, unless we preach? How can they hear unless we speak? But then this is for the church. This is the responsibility for the church. It says, and how can anyone preach unless they are sent? If we just keep trying to have these great meetings every week and and gathering people together but never sending, there's something seriously wrong. And I pray this message goes out to other churches that you get inspired, that you look, just have a look right now at all these people that said, I'm actually willing to go. I'm willing to go. I don't know how it's going to happen in the natural, but I believe there's a call in my life to go to the nations. How will the, how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Why don't you say to the person next to you, you got beautiful feet. Okay, so I need to know I just want to clarify something. I'm going to pray for everyone, and the Great Commission is everywhere. It starts in your hometown. But who believes they're called to a, like specifically a foreign land? Give us a wave if you're here because you're called to a foreign land. My goodness, look at all those people that believe they're called to a foreign land. All right, I'm going to quickly pray for you. If you can, this is really important, man. This potential, Jesus only needed 12 to change the world. We've got more than 12 hands up. The people that are willing to go to the nations. So everyone that's here, if you may not have responded to this, but can you help send? Let's stretch our hands out. So we need goers and we need senders. We need people that are going to support them. And we need discipleship. We need training. I want to encourage you to think about the Supernatural School starting in August. We're a very big part of it this year is going to be missions to foreign lands, training for missions to foreign lands. We're going to get some experts in. We're going to speak into it. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this one or for other information, check out our website at firechurch.com.au.